This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to Talk of the Devils, brought to you by talkofthedevils.co.uk, your favourite independent Manchester United podcast. Unfortunately, guys, here we are again. Um, really shocking performance day. Um, 11 poor players on the pitch. Not what we want, and I can only apologise for that, but obviously a wonderful, wonderful panel. Uh, Phil Marsh, ex-former uh, United player. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Um, give me your thoughts, Phil. Um, I know we've spoken a lot backstage um, and uh, it was terrible today, wasn't it? Yeah, obviously, you know, not not a, a great day in the office, to, to put it um, sort of mildly. I think from the get-go, uh, obviously, didn't start the game well at all. You know, De Gea's made an absolute howler. Um which then, you know, piles a lot of pressure on on the defence. But I touched on it then with you, sort of just before we came on air. I think the the dressing room and the players we've got aren't sort of, you know, players who can man-manage a game. I think Brentford really started the game well. He was always going to, you know, play how he did in terms of the pressing and, and the aggression and, and getting in people's faces because that's how they always play. Um, so... We didn't do ourselves any favours by trying to play out from the back. Um, and I just think, you know, we, we didn't have anybody who just could grab the ball by the horns. After that first 10, 15 minutes when we've conceded two sloppy goals, we still kept making the same mistakes over and over again. And there was nobody who was sort of standing up and being counted to say, hang on, let's, you know, squeeze up the pitch. Let's try and get ourselves into the game a little bit. Let's, you know, play in their half and, and just see if we can build our way into the game. And... You know, there was just absolutely nothing. Even when we did, you know, have decent spells of possession, didn't really create anything of of, of note where we was going to try and threaten their goal um, in that first half. And it was just an absolute shambles. I think, you know, some of them players just, just need to have a look at their own performances and just have a look and, and think, you know, 
what am I actually doing here? They're getting paid masses and masses of money to go and play football for a living. And some of them aren't even putting the effort in and, and working hard and doing the the, the basic things. Um, seeing a stat during the game saying, you know, Man United's team starting 11 was 454 million compared to Brentford's 55 million. Yeah, unbelievable. If you're, if you're a football person who's watching that game and you you didn't know anything about the teams and stuff, you'd, you'd think that Brentford was the team with the, the 454 million pound team just purely based off work rate, aggression, desire and, and the will to try and win a game of football, um, which is just, you know, it's it's mind-blowing really to sort of, you know, think that that's where we still are after, you know, last season and, and now running on into this season. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not a good time to be a Man United fan. No, not at all. Uh, and you used lots of words uh, to describe our performance abysmal and a shambles, I think, to the biggest one there. Absolutely spot on. Uh, ter- I, I don't know where to start. You know, we, we seem to go in this merry-go-round of, of having a, a bit of a poor season or certainly last season, get all excited again. New manager comes in, uh, you know, the, the, the potential enjoyment of getting new players. But old... Habits are still there. You're right in the fact that we don't have that leadership. Um, that's plain to see. He hasn't quite got um, all of his uh, all of the all the signings that he wants, which is a big problem. Um, yeah, it's 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 really really bad. And as we were saying backstage, Ten Hag and Richard Arnold and Murto have got a huge huge task and uh, and it doesn't look good does it uh, Matt Reynolds thanks for joining us buddy uh, to beat us all the team needs to do spot on this all the team needs to do is work harder and show basic levels of commitment we are so easy to play against we fold under any form of press um, Fred thank you so much for coming again today buddy good to see you buddy hope you have a good summer break um, yeah any other any other comments from you mate I think Phil's pretty much spot on, actually. Um, nothing seems to have changed this season. Uh, it's quite evident that the core of the squad is the same as last season. We're seeing the same problems. Uh, this isn't. There's no individual player that sort of is attrib- attributable to the, the issue we're in. This is a. Oh, there's wider issues at play here. The, I just think the same group of players have now played under the last three managers. Um, and you've got to look at the players. Unfortunately, you've got to question whether they're good enough, and I don't think they are. The squad's imbalanced. Um, we're clearly playing a system that doesn't, or that we don't have the players for. Uh, as the the comment just alluded to, any team that presses us has success immediately, um, and we just seem to be outworked every single game as well, which is just appalling. Um, I think Ten Hag probably didn't get his starting eleven uh, correct today. It seems that he's he's learning the league, uh, or he, you know, the first two le- games have been a bit of a learning curve. Um, everyone was crying for McTominay to get dropped. However, in hindsight, I think we could have done with a bit of a bit of physicality in the first half, and I think that's certainly an area where Martinez is going to struggle this season in defence. Um, the wingers aren't tracking back. I mean, little basic things just aren't being adhered to. Uh, and Brighton, on the other side of the coin, flourished. And they showed, they showed everyone how great they were at, at those sort of things. Um, look, it's 
we haven't got the players in I mean, that we needed to this summer. I think Ragnick said that we needed open heart surgery last uh, in the last few months of last season. We haven't seen that over the, the this this transfer window. And um, you're right, Richard Arnold and John Murto have got a long week. I think these nine days until the Liverpool game are going to be very very long. Uh, and I just think as a fan base, we need to realise that even even if we do sign a Frankie De Jong or one player, that's still not enough. You know, we the team we, there just needs to be radical reform on the pitch and off the pitch. Uh, and until we address that, I think this is going to continue. Um, Ten Hag is the first time we've got a we've actually got a fantastic coach, and I do see him and the players improving with time. Uh, but this is not going to be a you know an immediate fix. This is a long a long term strategy that that we're seeing, and the club has to put in place now. But unless the manager's backed, unless we get our recruitment right in the next few weeks, it's going to be a long season ahead, Mark. Yeah, uh, and it already felt long enough last season. I don't want it again. Uh, but there you go. Uh, good points well made, buddy. Thank you very much for coming, sir, as I said. Um, a couple of comments here, um, and I'll come to you in a moment, Stu. Uh, the worrying thing is, although we started brightly, we seem to just crumble after we concede. Uh, no coaching will fix that. Uh, need players with winning mentality, which you both alluded to. You know, we've, we've, we're lacking leadership. We're la- lacking that kind of personality. Um, and I honestly can't see Lysandro Martinez playing as a centre-half in this league. I hope he can play defensive midfielder. Um, Stu, obviously, give me your thoughts in a second as well. But we did have a good conversation this morning about who we felt um, should start. Um, and um, we've, we, we didn't see anything of Bruno today. I know that wasn't necessarily his fault, uh, but we feel that co- the, the cohesion between him and Ronaldo um, and, uh, and uh, you know, a few other reasons it would have been better to have someone else starting in replace of him. But um, in response to this comment, really, um, do you think maybe Martinez needs to start playing in the centre of the park, which he did do for Ajax before we move back to centre-back? And then just give me your overall thoughts as well. Uh, it's a bit of a myth, actually, when people say that you can't be a centre-half under six foot. It's it's how you play the game uh, that makes you a centre-half. It's not I don't know if anyone remembers Daly Blind under Mourinho, who was phenomenal. Um, well, we, than we, him too. We've, we've had a couple of players, you know, Cannavaro, you know, he was five foot eight, five foot nine, something along those lines. It's, it's what you do and it's how you position yourself as a, as a player. Phil or no is a forward player that a centre-half, if he gives you time because... Uh, Phil doesn't like to fight or Phil doesn't like to back in, then he's going to be very quick in his thought process. So Phil always takes the ball on his left uh, left hand side, for example. A good solid centre half will recognise that early doors and he'll, he'll have to make Phil think differently. If Martinez is going to get into a battle with Phil and Phil's six foot four, it's a different kettle of fish. Phil's just going to muscle him out of the game. That, that That's how it is. You know, it's not all about making runs, it's about. Give me the ball because I'm just going to muscle. I'm going to put put myself on Martinez and muscle myself, muscle him around. So then you've got to ask the question: What are your fullbacks doing, and what is your centre-half partner doing? Because that you know, I always talk about segments in football. You look after your own segment. Once you look after your own segment, everything else should take care of itself, providing all the all the other players and your teammates are on song. But, it, you know, if players aren't recognising what's happening, and this is our problem with our back four today, we weren't recognising the dangers. We all knew the danger. We all knew how Brentford were going to play. We just didn't recognise the danger. When you've got a weak goalkeeper uh, as well, who, 
you know, I think he came off his line once or game again. The third goal was because he wouldn't come and claim the cross or he wouldn't get in the midst of, of you know, of, of trying to grab the ball. So players know, uh, you know, pretty much early doors in a, in a match, uh, how it's going to unfold, what you've got to do to get the better, you know, the better your opponent. So it doesn't really matter whether you're five foot eight, five foot nine, six foot four. It's how you play your opponent, which is key to this. So I think he could be a good centre half, uh, and I don't have a problem with Martinez. What Martinez is struggling with is the pace and the physicality of the Premier League. So he's got to deal with that. He's played against Haaland before brilliantly well. You know, a good a lower centre of gravity centre half can nip in uh, and win the ball a lot quicker. He sees the play unfold quite well. He anticipates quite well. He can carry the ball quite well. He's sort of tough, tough game, but. When you've got an issue with a gaping hole in our midfield that allowing players to run onto you, it's not a question sometimes of having one player to deal with. It's a question of having two players. And when you've got fullbacks that are sleeping or woefully out of position and you've got runners from wide and you've got runners through the middle, it's going to be a problem for everything. And to cap it all, when you've got the ridiculous numbnuts that is De Gea and goal who can't recognise... <laughs> you know, what not to do, as as, as Phil and uh, Fred have said, it becomes a real problem for you. So you talked about old habits, and the lads will tell you it's very difficult to get out of old habits unless you put a gun up your arse yourself. Sorry, uh, guys, but unless you do that and you blow your own stuff up, it's you're the only one that can actually get you out of, uh, of habits. Um, and we've all sat in dressing rooms. We've all looked around... And you, you looked across and you thought, you know, you've been absolutely woeful today and you've challenged that. I get the impression that none of our players challenge each other. They don't challenge each other on the pitch. And I'm pretty sure they don't challenge each other in the changing room. So um, we've got major issues, but nothing's changed from the last seven or eight games from last season to today. And everyone's going to jump on. I'm not saying you, Fred, but everyone's going to jump on the coaching bandwagon again. Oh, our players aren't being coached. They probably are, but they're just not adapting it. Phil, how many times have you sat in a changing room when you United, you've been told what to do? And if you've stepped out of line or you're 10 yards out of space, who's dragging you back? You know, your, mid, your midfield, yeah. he's, he's in your ear, isn't he? Constantly yeah. in your ear. I, I, think, mean, I think that's pr probably one of the biggest issues that we've got right now um, in terms of having people who can manage the game whilst during the game, not not sort yeah. of like before a game or half-time or whatever. You know, people on the pitch recognising what's not working, what's not going well, and identifying that and, and being proactive and trying to fix it during the game. Because a lot of the time we'll see the same mistakes over and over and over again, and nobody's got the sort of, you know, character to sort of pull someone round and say, "Hang on a minute, you need to, you know, fill in here, or you need to make sure you're chasing back because we're getting caught out on the the counter attack every time." And it's it's something that's been an issue for a long time. I think we've we've not got um, enough of them type of players that can can sort of be a leader on the pitch and lead by example by doing the right things, working hard, doing all the basic stuff that you see in Brentford do today, which inevitably was why they won the game. There wasn't masses of quality shown by them. I think it was a lot of 
you know, setting traps, just pressing high and being aggressive and, and doing doing what, you know, inevitably they knew was going to get them joy because we're so frail and so poor um, at the moment. And I think that's just the difference uh, in terms of where we are as a club. And, and it's it's obviously disappointing, but the only way we're going to get out of that rut and that is, is by the players sort of growing up here and, and, and trying to, you know, sort of be brave and, and accepting balls and, and sort of wanting to do the hard yards, which we're not doing. And that's why we're, we're sort of so far off. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, just a couple of things that are coming out in the interviews I'm going to read through quickly. Uh, Ivan Tony obviously uh, played exceptionally today. Uh, great through ball as well for that um, fourth goal, was it? Uh, he said, uh, we knew the high pressure would affect them. Uh, and it did. Uh, it is clear to see when you work hard, you get results. I mean, that says it all. We've had this issue for so long. Um, and and what is it, Fred, that we need to do? Because it seems that other teams can suss this out, know how to break us down, know how to come, come at us. You know, at that point, we seem to crumble and fall apart. Um, but yeah, what do you make of that comment? I think I think this is just a, a personnel issue now. Unfortunately, we just, we just haven't got the right players. They're they're not press resistant. Uh, there's obviously a severe mentality issue amongst the players, which I've, I've thought about this for hours on end. I, I always have in the back of my mind during lockdown when we went on that street under Ollie, whereby we would come back after games and win in the second half. The players seem to be the same, but something since then. You know, one goal goes in, heads just go down. And it's, you know, you can blame that on confidence and, you know, wins spring confidence, but these players just aren't showing that, unfortunately. So that's just, that was an anomaly. And we've had a few coaches now and it's just not working. So that's all fingers point to the players. I think we just need to strip the squad and we, you know, we need to invest. Um, there's been a rec- the rec- recruitment's been the for me, one of the most fundamental issues in the last sort of five to seven years. We haven't got that right. It was something I think that we were hoping for this summer. There was hope we were hoping for there to be a major reset with Richard Arnold coming in, with Ten Hag coming in, and that's that's simply not happened. Um, I mean, for the second goal today, play playing out from the back, you know, De Gea has passed it to Ericsson and they've they've just well, pressed well, the, him down. The first goal was a mistake by David De Gea. Um, yes. The second was um, was that the one where the, did a had a goal kick and it went straight to Ericsson, wasn't it? That was his his issue. Third one, Martinez. I know it's going to take a little bit of time. He had a great game. Well, not a great game, but he was one of our better players last week. Uh, quite strong. Um, it just was not great at all today, and, and and didn't deal with that third goal at all. And then the fourth was a counter attack. Um, he, he was exposed though, Mark. Martinez was, was exposed. Yeah, he was, was exposed because the ball was allowed to come back across the face of the goal. That's criminal. Yeah. It's absolutely criminal. But, but this, you know, this is... You taught that at seven years old. You mm. are taught at seven years old the ball does not come across the face of the goal from a corner kick. It just doesn't do that. You shouldn't allow. And the problem is we zonal mark. I don't know whether you guys noticed I'm it. I'm not a fan of mark. zonal marking. When you right. zonal mark, you're giving five yards. We, we used to we used to take the mick out of Rafa Benitez when he was yeah. manager of Liverpool for zonal marking. And I never thought I'd see the day when United would do that. And now we zonal mark and it causes us huge problems. I don't know why we do it. No, I don't. Because you, you, you give five yards of pure penetration power 
for somebody to actually, you know, sprint and, and leap and get it, you know, and get a chance on a ball. At least what he's going to do is going to disrupt you as a defender. You know, you need to be marking tighter, but it's criminal. So I don't necessarily blame Martinez, really, uh, because he was completely exposed at the uh, at the back stick. Because, you know, Luke Shaw was eating his lunch again. Uh, Dallow was probably tying his boot lace. You know, Maguire was probably marking three. You know, uh, people are having a right go at Maguire again in the, um, uh, you know, in the chat. It's it's deeper than Maguire. <laughs> it's deeper than a player. You know, you've got to let that go, guys. It really is. It's deeper than any single player. Um, you know, football is about common sense more than anything. And when you are struggling in a game, the best thing to do is get a hold of the ball and, and and really slow the play down. Once we went one goal down, we should have got hold of it. Brentford play like I like to call under eights football. They just hound you and hound you and hound you. It's not particularly tactically great. It's just somebody running and closing somebody down quickly rather than slowly. And it's like under eights football. It's almost like sheep, you know, following the ball. And it's quite easy to stop. It's quite easy to stop that. And it's a back in Phil's day. It's a cruncher, isn't it, on the centre half? Or it's a or you're coming back and you're crunching the centre midfield. You're doing something, aren't you, to disrupt their play? How many times did their fullback, that little lightweight fullback, Rashford, didn't even go at him, didn't put him in the stands once? What's all that about? The game's gone soft. The, the game has just gone soft. It really has. I just uh, give up. Uh, one thing I'll never get sick and tired of, Stu, is your analogies. Um, so Sorry. Thank you very much for those. Really, really appreciate it. Just going to come to a couple of comments. Um, thanks for all your comments so far. Actually, firstly, there's loads of you on Twitter. Um, come over to youtube.com forward slash talk of the devils. A few of you on Facebook as well. We want to see your comments and we want to uh, obviously discuss those um dave uh welcome back buddy uh, the worrying thing is although we started brightly we seem to just crumble after we can see no coaching will fix that uh need players with a winning mentality matt reynolds good to have you back again as well buddy uh this squad can't be coached the keeper that is passive uh yeah we've spoken about that Stu and i had a, a long conversation about that many many times um wing backs that don't get back in position yep and also uh wing uh, wingers as well that don't seem to cover um there's three problems in a five-man defense before a ball is even kicked uh we both we don't have a proper team captain we've got mcguire who is just rubbish garbage um matt again our mentality is lightweight we've played great behind closed doors i hate the term but we're a bunch of snowflakes um so some comments by uh gary neville actually um and uh both all of your comments about players and mentality uh, uh, uh gary sort of made some comments about that and everyone in the comments too everyone's saying the same thing um these players are proven under three different managers that they don't work as hard as the team they play against um yeah absolutely right uh david de has come out in the interview as well um i cost three points to my team today and it was a poor performance by myself it was a horrible day uh we should react better i should save the first shot and the result would be different sometimes i maybe have to read the game better and go long for the second goal um really sort of damning on himself there which is such a shame you know you don't want to single anyone out but he, he was he was poor today um and and it is 
uh, a shame. When the games that matter to you need bravery and proper players, we need to keep working. Heads up. It, it is the beginning under a new manager and a lot to improve on. Um, anything from, from that really, Phil? Uh, obviously, he's in agreement there, sort of holding his hands up. Um, but you can blame all 11 players. You know, we, we, uh, Stu and I will be a little bit scathing towards David Hare. I love the man. He's done wonderful mm. things over the years, but he has his frailties. And I think they've come to the forefront for a lot more fans in the last couple of years. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on, on those comments from Gary and him, himself? Yeah, I think obviously today I wouldn't necessarily put all the sort of blame on one player. I think as a, as a collective group of players, um, he was just nowhere near good enough. Um, as we've touched on, I think the the way the game was won was just by footballing nous and and just hard work and and sort of you know desire to want to win a game of football, which you know that should be the bare minimum that you expect from any any team. You know let alone Man United, who, you know, um, has, has been renowned for that for so many years, um, up until sort of, of late, which is, you know, criminal really to, to sort of think that that's, you know, the standard and the, the level that, that we're at. But unfortunately, we're, we're seeing it sort of week in, week out that teams know exactly, you know, our frail, our, we're, we're weak in our frailties and we're not learning and, and we're not sort of, reacting to stuff on the pitch you know we've made mistakes today which have, have cost us the game in the first half it was the game was over dead and buried no no chance of getting back into that game after um half an hour had gone which is totally unacceptable um but then you know again that's where you've got to look at characters and we haven't got any who can you know sort of even play for a little bit of pride, try and salvage something out of the game, maybe try and, you know, nick a goal and just see see what happens and try and get a little bit of something to, to take out from the game that's a bit of positive and, and there was nothing there for me today. And and the games don't get any easier. You know, we've got Liverpool next um, and they must be rubbing their hands thinking, you know, this Man United team at the minute is so easy to play against. Um, and, and, you know, teams like that, you know, must be, you know, can't wait to, to, to start a play against us because we're just such a shambles at the minute. It's just unbelievable. And and the thing for me is, like, obviously, Ten Hag is, is coming and, you know, he's inherited the players. He's brought a couple of players in who's, you know, finding the feet, like to Martinez and stuff. Uh, and I agree with Stu and what he said about Martinez. I think, you know, he you can't really blame him at this moment in time for, you know, the results or anything like that. I think he's just finding his feet. I think obviously the Dutch league is completely different to, you know, the Premier League, the speed and the sort of, um, you know, tempo of the game is, is far superior. So I think he will sort of come good. Um, but yeah, it, it's just about now, you know, trying to, you know, get that out of your system as quick as possible. But that This is the, the biggest worry for me. If, if it was a group of players where, you know, if you look at maybe a Liverpool or City and they get a, a result that's sort of, you know, an anomaly in their season and they get beat, as a supporter, you'd be thinking, all right, the next game, they're going to have a massive reaction. They're going to, you know, bounce back and everyone's going to be, you know, chomping at the bit to try and prove a point. I don't feel that way with this group of players at all. I don't have the belief and the sort of, you know, drive to say these players will come out now against Liverpool wanting to prove a point, wanting to show how good they are, wanting to, you know, get the season started with with a, a, a win. And I know it's a tough game, but 
we don't have them type of players that have got that sort of DNA in, within, within them to want to be um, as good as they can be and, you know, run through a brick wall for the club, for the shirt, for the fans. It, it just, it's it's just, you know, it's never, ever going to change because we've seen it under three different managers. So, yeah, it's, it's not a good time to be a, a fan of uh, Man United, but, you know, you've got to try and live in hope that things will change. Um, so that's all we can do at this moment in time. And give the manager I, I, time. I totally agree. I totally agree. I've just seen the distance covered s- statistics. Actually, um, we covered ninety five point six kilometers, and Brentford one hundred nine point four. And given the the heat conditions, that's f- nearly fifteen kilometers more. I just think I go back to recruitment. It, it, we've just we haven't got the right profile of players. Like Phil's mentioned, we haven't got those leaders, those people to you know take games by the scruff of the neck. To you know, okay, next week go that extra 10% to redeem themselves from the previous week. We've just got people who walk around. Once their heads are down, they're down. There's there's no, like, bounce back whatsoever. No, and I just think, I think Ten Hag's got to be ruthless in, in these next few weeks. He's going to have to change things. Um, some of these players have had many chances and unfortunately they're not taking them. You know, we're going to have to probably... You utilize our youth players. You know these guys are ruthless. It's worked at times. I worked with Alanga last season when he came in, um, and I, I've actually just seen that Ten Hag's actually said that we need new players. We need new quality players. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's now a, a, a panic spree, which you know Probably may or may not be the right thing. To Frankie a little bit there because he said we need new new players and quality players we would try and convince them to join so the thing that, i mean that, after today to who, who who wants to join and the other i mean i said it earlier frankie de Jong, he he may come but that doesn't solve our issues unfortunately no. we need you know we, our midfielders there's where's the defensive aspect i mean if we, are we going to play frankie de Jong in you know against the city liverpool there's just no oh like Stu mentioned the the wingers aren't tracking back there's Big question marks on the fullbacks. We need, like Radnick said, eight to ten players, and you know you can't address that in one window. But yeah, I just thought we'd be a bit more radical this window, uh, yeah. and then you know in the next two or three, we'd address certain problem areas like eventually you know investing in a new goalkeeper and whatnot. But and the, and the other thing, just on that. We are evidently looking at the Eredivisie and, you know, we're going for Ten, ten Hag-style plays. That's a good thing. But the club, where's the strategy from the on the from the scouting department? You know, surely there's got to be, OK, we haven't got a, a right-back. Where's our right-back list? Why hasn't Wan-Bissaka, you know, where, what's going on with him? Why, if, he's going, if he's not going to be considered this season, why is he still at the club? Why has there not been a replacement? You know, Brendan Williams, Garner, these players, they're just sitting idle. And our, the, the problem is our rivals, are, they've strengthened considerably. They've got all their business done in May and June. How many points do we have to drop to actually, you know, light the fire under our asses? If, if ever we needed a reason to already. I mean, we've, we've bottomed the league now. I know it's only been two games. We've got Liverpool next week. It's, it's I'm just shocked that, we we waited so long when these issues should have actually been addressed, you know, April May, when Ten Hag came in. Yeah, we um, it seems that every other club, bar Leicester, 
uh, have done all their business already and have acted quickly. They knew what they needed to strengthen, have got the right people in, in you know, they're not rebuilding a new structure, a new manager, whatever else. And they've got it all done. And I, just, I think we've been pretty slow, uh, very slow, Mark, too slow. Mark, as, as much as they, we do, and, and Fred's right, we, we need desperately, desperately need new players. Um, you've got to question why the existing group of players weren't prepared for what Ten Hag was, 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 was going to do. Didn't, you know, why haven't they looked at what he was doing? If I'm in that United squad and I know that Ten Hag's coming, coming in in April, I'm starting to study his last three years worth of matches, how he plays, how he interchanges. That's what a professional footballer should be doing. You should be doing that. That should have been the biggest thing you should be doing. Ready for your holiday. Make sure you're ready. But when he comes in and you understand what he's talking about, okay, because he hasn't changed uh, very much since Utrecht, by Munich and Ajax. Very, very similar in his approaches. Very, very similar in the styles of play that he wants to do. So why aren't these players, or why haven't these players adapted to it? They're professional footballers, you know, Professional football, and I know this is going to sound flippant, it's not a difficult sport. It's not difficult. The parameters don't change of, 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 of the pitch. The goals haven't changed in terms of size and position. Okay, Nothing's changed from you know when these players were eight years old to where they are today. So why haven't these guys gone and looked and seen what Ten Hag has done and gone away and adapted themselves? Mm. It's not rocket science. It's not difficult, you know. Why aren't we? Why aren't these players individually using the analytics department? You know, who am I going up against? I'm going, I'm going up against Ivan Tony. What's his favourite move? Where does he always bring the ball down? Which foot, right or left? Does he chest? Does he head? Does he elbow? Does he turn to the right? Does he turn to the left? Why aren't they prepared? Why aren't these players preparing? They, they did the talk about um, an analytical department a few years ago, uh, particularly re recruitment. Um, but that doesn't seem to have happened. Um, and they don't seem to do enough research. But from what I can see for that, you're absolutely right. You know, you come up against particular players. You need to do, know how to deal with those players. And there was absolutely none of that. I mean, you look at the squad today, and I know it's easy for us to say now because we've seen it. You had... 11 very short players on a field against a team that had, were the fourth highest scoring from set pieces and exactly. had a huge amount yeah. of height like that that just seems crazy to me um absolutely nuts i'm just going to move on uh Stu, just very quickly yeah. um uh wayne in the in the comments evening lads hope you're well great analysis good on you all for being so level-headed i i I'd really struggle i think if you just seen me five minutes earlier I would have been an absolute wreck. Uh, but there you go. Uh, thanks for joining, Wayne. Good to ha have you here as always. Um, loads of you watching, loads of you on Twitter in particular as well. Come over to YouTube. Um, it's really important to us. We want to discuss your comments, want to see your comments and uh, and go through that. But uh, anyway, we do appreciate it. And, uh, and obviously, if you can like and subscribe, that's important to us too. Um, just some more comments from Eric Ten Hag. Um, Phil, before I come back to you, uh, difficult for me in a surprise. The team has to take responsibility and I feel sorry for the fans. We let them down. I asked them to play with belief and take responsibility. That's what they didn't do. Uh, only when we stick together, we will overcome it. Don't get me wrong. The manager is the main responsibility and I take that, but I have to give them belief and they have to get it by themselves. Um, to, on the two first 
two, first two goals, both individual mistakes. That's clear. Uh, mistakes part of football. You have to keep going, but have have you have a. Sp- uh, you have to especially act. Um, three changes at half time was about bringing fresh ones. I could have changed all eight others as well. I mean, that's quite damning, isn't it? Um, but he knows. He knows. Obviously, what's wrong. That's what you'd expect from the manager. It's two games in. You know, we had a good preseason. That's a different kettle of fish. But you kind of have to work on that um, and work off the back of that. But um, yeah, it's obviously way too soon. I, I'm fully behind Eric Ten Hag. I, I, I love him as a manager. I love him as a coach. And, and I think he's probably been given too much responsibility of recruitment as well. Um, but, you know, is it, you know, being in the dressing room previously, Phil, is there anything that you might be able to suggest that, that the players need to do or, or, or going forward? Because we've got to get this change as soon as possible. You know, we're sitting bottom at the moment, have lost the first two games and we need to start picking up points as soon as possible. Yeah, well, I think obviously with what Ten Hag saying there, obviously he sets up with the team. He obviously wants to play a certain way, which is which is fine. You know, fans have got to give him a bit of time to, you know, put that in place. But I think I'll come back to it again. I think you know players on the pitch have sometimes just got to be more take more responsibility. I think you know the first goal's gone in. You know, it's a howler from De Gea. Confidence isn't going to be great, and then you know. Brentford are setting traps, waiting for us to play out at the back. You know, you've got Ericsson with a man, you know, right up his ass, and and we're, we're playing a ball on the edge of our box after just conceding. So we're, we're playing straight into their hands. Players yeah. need to be a little bit more savvy and and realise that right, hang on a minute. You know, we, we we're under the cosh here. We're away. We've just lost our first game. We've conceded a sloppy goal. You know, right, we're not doing that. Ten Hag's obviously, you know, told us to play out, but hang on a minute. We've got to manage the game. This is what's happening right now. We're squeezing the play up and we're going to play in their half and we're going to try and get ourselves into the game. And unfortunately, we haven't got people who are brave enough and, and sort of, you know, big enough to, to, to make them decisions on the pitch. And I think obviously that today was, was you know, inevitably why we, we sort of, you know, capitulated in that first half because the, the same mistakes just kept happening over and over again. Um, and I think the, the biggest problem he's going to have for me now um, is as the season progresses and, you know, we, we get further on the season, I, I, I don't think he, he knows he's, he's, you know, his best starting eleven, which is, you know, scary to think because, when I look at other teams who, who play and you think, right, the team basically picks itself, you know, for, you know, your, your other teams in the league because you know what you're going to get from them. You've built up relationships with each other. They're consistent. They have, you know, that rapport with each other because they, they, they complement each other and they work hard for each other. For us, I, I, I don't see any of that and I don't see how sort of the manager's going to try and sort of keep a solid uh, team together because of the sort of inconsistencies from one week to the next, whether it be mistakes, whether it be, you know, um, doing rash things and, you know, getting suspensions and players just not being good enough. I think at the moment we're, we're just so far off it and, and it's sort of going to be a massive job for, for, you know, everyone who's involved in terms of, you know, the recruitment side of things, the management side of things, the, the, the backroom stuff, it's going to be a, a long road for for Man United to get back to you know challenging and and I think Matt's at the nail on the head there with his comments saying about you know I keep referring to our rivals the likes of City and Liverpool you know that's where I want us to be 
we're absolutely light years away from that. Our rivals at this moment in time are probably teams like Wolves, Newcastle, because that's the level of football that we're, you know, playing at the moment, and it's nowhere near good enough for a club of our stature. I um I, I was on a uh, a video actually with Fred. Fred will remember this about eighteen months ago now. Uh, and I turned around and I said um, that coaching is a very 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 small part of a professional footballer's life. And I, I got lambasted, if you remember, Fred, in the comments. I got absolutely destroyed from it. You don't know what you're talking about, etc. And I was speaking about uh, application and aptitude, as you as you guys mm-hmm. will know. And I maintain that. I've never wavered from that because yeah. as a player myself, it really is up to you to make the very, very best of the opportunity that you're given. And most of the players in our starting 11 at the minute, complacency uh, creeps in. And Phil will know that you, you sorry, Fred, I only get a Phil because he's obviously played at the you know the highest level. And Phil will know this that when you're picked week in, you just week look back, like Bruno Fernandes, but there you go. You, know, <laughs> uh, you become complacent if you're that type of player. If you're not that type of player, you'll work extra hard to make sure you're 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 still in the team the following week. I always used to play regular, but on a Thursday evening after training. We're going to the, the dressing room and I would be white as a sheet until I saw my name come up on that on that squad, uh, on that first 11. And I would play regular every every week without fail. But I never took it for granted. I used to panic. My heart used to absolutely race because of that split second you might not get in and you're thinking to yourself then, what have I done? What did I do wrong last week? What have I not done in training? And then you, you know, you do that. Our, our players aren't doing that. Diego, Diego Dallo is a great example of being complacent. He's not improved. Fred and McTominay played together for four years now, four seasons or three and a half seasons. They haven't improved. No, not at all. You know, and that's got nothing to do with the coaching side of it. It's the individual acceptance of what they need to do to improve. They're not, they're not doing. They're just not going ahead and, and, and doing that. And when you're at that level of football, or any level of football, really, you should be constantly trying to do better, do better, do better, work a little harder in training. If you haven't got a left foot on you, your right foot in, practice with your left foot. You've got to do something that guarantees you that start. Yeah. I, t- I totally agree. I totally agree, Steve. Uh, it's a funny one, isn't it? The, I totally agree with what you're saying. Players haven't improved in the last few years. <laughs> Is this a recruitment issue? We're not. Are we not recruiting the right type of personality? I, I appreciate you, McTominay. When they academy. recruit, they have to have some sort of projection about where the player's going. Uh, and exactly. I know that's very difficult to tell. But you know, you've got you've got people in to do that job. And the, uh, the and problem we've seen, is, we've had so many. Yeah, the problem is. I mean, nowadays, the, someone touched on the like the data analysis point. This this has been you know these sort of things like you know attitudes or aptitude tests, for example, these have been there for, you know, 10, 15 years. And I think you mentioned, Mark, it was only spoken about United a couple of years ago. You know, this this is half the problem. We should be innovators in new technology, and we're not. We're falling behind the likes of Brent. I mean, Brentford today, I think they were one of the first teams to, you know, explore the, the new techniques, and their sort of recruitment model in the championship was perfect with the, the amount of strikers they bought and then the profits they made to, to, to get promoted. We haven't got that. We're just the recruitment. I mean, the strategy, the last few years alone, I mean, you can look further back. 
it's just there's been no strategy and I can use the word strategy in relation to so many things at the club because there there just isn't there isn't any strategy. You need you need short term strategy, long medium term strategy and long term strategy and eventually they'll all marry up. And you your likes your Liverpool's, your cities, you know, your Chelsea's to a degree, they all they've all got the you know the right personnel in to to implement those. I mean even if you you know, for those who will watch the the Arsenal All or Nothing documentary, you're seeing behind the scenes what's going on. I just can't envisage people at the club, you know, doing. I don't that think sort they'd, of thing. they'd ever do that soon, would they? It would be an. That'd be the shortest episode, wouldn't they? Oh, if it was a word. United one. <laughs> but but that's half the issue. There's, I think. I mean, culturally speaking, as well, the culture is just completely rotten at the club, and unfortunately. This season and you know much of the back end of last season, it's reached boiling point and now it's showing uh, in our on the field results. So, yeah, it's going to be a long term sort of rut that we need to get out of, unfortunately. But hopefully, Ten Hag and Co can turn it around sooner rather than later. Yeah, we can only hope. Uh, and and as I say, you know, I have this conversation all the time. It's not a quick process. It's not overnight. Yes, we get sucked into it, but we need to wait and see differences. And you know. Uh, you've got to see little improvements all the time. Maybe they've changed too many personnel all at once. Maybe they should have done it a little bit slower. Yes, that's going to be difficult for impatient United fans, um, but that might have been the better way forward. Um, Right, the fun part. Um, Just to say, everyone, so far, thank you for tuning in. Uh, We've had some really great comments, and uh, and I know it's difficult. I know it's really difficult, unless you're a rival fan. Um, A director of football was supposed to... uh, sort the football strategy, wasn't it? We, we've had this conversation many, many times. It's supposed to happen a few years ago. Again, uh, it seems to be a common term at the minute. Uh, we're 18 months in and I'm, I'm none the wiser uh, on our recruitment policy. Absolutely spot on. Great comments tonight, Matt. Thanks very much, mate. I really appreciate that. Right. Uh, player ratings. Uh, I can't imagine we're going to get much more than a three. Phil's shaking his head. He's not looking forward to this one. Um, Stu, I'm going to start with you, buddy, because we'd had a good, good conversation about a goalkeeping uh, situation. Um, so, David De Gea, uh, what score do you give him? And, and give me whatever you want, within reason. Uh, he gets a two for me. You, 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 can't, you, you can't make a mistake, uh, two mistakes at that level, because... The first goal actually came from uh, a very similar passage of play. We lost it. We got Harry. We lost the throw in. Ronaldo loses it. And you just can't do it. You just can't do it. At that level, you can't do it. So he gets a two for me. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that um, at all. Um, Fred, um, Diogo Dallo for you. Two as well, I think. Uh, I mean, he did have the mistakes to show on similar to uh, Ahmad De Gea, but I just think that's one of our weakest positions. Um, yeah. I don't. And uh, not talked about I, enough, is it really? Not talked right about enough. No, I think the right back position in pre-season there was a, you could I could you could see what Ten Hag was doing. You know, moving Sancho to the right and having the right back underlap instead of overlap, and that seemed to work in pre-season. But I just don't think. Dallow, unfortunately, has the quality. Um, I think it's a, his crossing is a bit of a myth. Uh, defending is very questionable. Um, and I certainly think we can upgrade in that position. So, yeah, two, unfortunately, today from me. Yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, Phil, um, I'm going to give you Martinez and Harry Maguire, please. 
Um, I think probably a two again. Um, obviously conceding four goals in forty-five minutes of football. Um, as a defender, you know, he's, he's criminal. Um, so I don't necessarily think they did anything majorly wrong, but I think if you're a centre half and and you're sort of under the cosh especially Maguire, who's meant to be the captain. He needs to show more leadership and, and sort of manage the game better um, after that initial, you know, goal's gone in um, and just sort of try and, you know, steady the ship and, and try and play your way back into the game. And I just thought we was just so easy to play against and, and nobody sort of, you know, recognised that and, and sort of you'd be looking to, to someone like Maguire um, for, for that kind of leadership. Um so yeah, just you know, conceding four goals and and you know isn't acceptable. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give them two apiece. Yeah, um, both very very poor, um, and both had an array of mistakes today. Um, and uh, yeah, huge huge cost to us. Um, Luke Shaw, Stu, um, and just to quickly put in there, we spoke about it uh, on the phone earlier today. Um, about perhaps starting Milasha. Now, listen, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I get that. Um, but he, he, he certainly brightened that left-hand side up when he came on in the second half. Um, mm. But your your thoughts on Luke and Milasha as well? Uh, Luke Shaw gets a two, Milasha gets a five. You can't give Milasha any more than a five because he only played 45 minutes. As for yeah. Luke Shaw, he gets a two because every time we were in a position where we could really penetrate the diagonal, he decided to play the ball back or played the ball into what I would class as no man's land. So we're just useless. I mean, just just useless. <laughs> Waste of time. I don't know why he's doing that. Though. Yeah. Um, damning, but true. Uh, Fred, quite fitting. Uh, can you give me a rating for Fred, please? Three. I, think, I, don't, I don't think he affected the game at all today. Um, I can't really remember anything he he did really, no. uh, good or good or bad. He just was wasn't in the game at all. So three. It makes it very difficult for us doing ratings when it's been like this because you want to be able to talk about the positives, what they did, why it might be a seven as opposed to a six. But um, yeah, I can't argue with any. Yeah, all all very very poor. Um, Phil Christian Eriksson uh, had a, a an okay game last week. Um, Pretty bad today, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, he, I'd probably give him a four, to be honest. I think he, he, he was showing signs that he wanted to get on the ball. He looked like the most um, urgent player who was trying to make things happen. Although, you know, he did get caught on that second goal, which I think De Gea's obviously got to make a better decision. He's got a man tied up to him, so I wouldn't necessarily blame him for that. But, um yeah, obviously it was a uh, it was a really bad day all over. Um, but I think Ericsson was the one who was maybe trying to make things happen. But then again, you, you need you know players around you to 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 be showing more urgency and you know want the ball. And I don't think he was he was getting nowhere near enough um, support and and players with the urgency to get on the ball. So yeah, I think it was a tough afternoon for him. Obviously going back to his old club. Um, you know, be an embarrassing um, couple of days for him. Obviously, you know, signing for so-called bigger club and then going back to your, your club you signed from and getting battered 4-0 um, isn't what you want. But no, yeah, it, it, I think, as I say, he was probably the best out of a bad bunch. Yeah, um, can't disagree with you. Um, Bruno Fernandes, Stu, 
Um, we felt this morning that maybe not the right man for this setup against this side. Uh, Lisa, I don't want to blow our own trumpets, but do you think we were right there? Yeah, we were right. I'd, he gets two for me again. You know, he didn't. He didn't do anything, and unless I missed something uh, throughout the night, I, I heard his name the least today. Please, please tell me. But you know, he didn't do anything for me. He's not affected. The problem with Bruno at the minute, he's not affecting any game of football he's playing like he used to. He's just not affecting that game. So I, I can't give him any more than the two. Sorry, I just can't. Yeah, uh, really poor today. Um, Jaden Sancho, Fred, um, obviously came off after 60 minutes, wasn't it? I think he got 60 minutes today, was pretty poor. Um, the whole team was, but he didn't, he wasn't really given the opportunity to create anything down that right hand side, was he? No, uh, however, I don't think he put much effort in either, especially in his defensive capabilities. Um, I'd give him a two, I, I think there's a real issue. Uh, on the right-hand side, um, I think it's good to, that he's been shifted over there purely because we there's no one else, unfortunately, to address that area. Um, but Dallow is deficient in defence, and he sometimes he needs back. You need backup from the winger, uh, which you know acts against Dallow and Sancho and Rashford. Actually, their lack of tracking back is abysmal and it's embarrassing. Um, I think there was an instance where in Bremo we had a corner, and you know we were trying to counter, and he sprinted back um, and, um, you know, recovered the ball around seven, the 70th minute. That's what we need to be doing. And I've not seen that from Sancho Rashford all of this season or all, all last season. Um, so until they address that, it's going to be quite low ratings unless they make up for it in their attack in capabilities, which they're not. So, yeah, two, unfortunately. Yeah, great points well made. Um, so from one striker to another... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Phil, please, uh, your rating for him. With any luck, they might be giving you a call back soon with a lack of goals. Yeah, well, um, I think, you know, I can't really give him any more than a three. I think a three would probably be about, about average. Um, and I think for me, he, he sort of was... A little bit of fault for the first goal in terms of probably could have held it up a little bit better. It was a little bit soft and, and you know, theatrical. Um, but, yeah, just didn't really get into the game enough today. Obviously, he's not played um, a lot of football. Obviously, he didn't go on the pre-season tour. Um, so, probably not fully up to speed yet. But you'd expect a lot more from him. Um, again, somebody who's, you know, been around the block and, you know, you look up to, you'd, you'd expect more from him. Um, but yeah, I think again, he didn't have much service, so I wouldn't really be overly critical of him, but you, you know, you need your big players sometimes to try and, you know, pull you out, um, of the sort of crap and he, he didn't really get any opportunities apart from the header really today to, no. to sort of, um, you know, score. So yeah, quite a yeah. day for him. Um, he, um, he looked like he had more fire in in him than anybody else and as you say as a striker you're only as good as the pass you receive yeah. um, and there was absolutely none of that today so um, you can't really blame him either um, and then finally Stu uh, Rashford who um, wasn't great tracking back um, but there was probably five or ten minutes from Rashford today that was probably the best I've seen for a little while I thought if you can try and take anything away from it yeah, he gets, uh, play for a while. He, he, he gets a, a three but it's a generous three um, 
because 10 minutes is not acceptable. You built me up so much then. I was expecting a bit more than that. No, t- t- 10 minutes is not acceptable in a top-level game of football. No, no, you're right. I just you I know, just was pleased with certain things we hadn't seen for no, a little no, while from him. No, I was pleased, but on certain points, he was lazy again, you know, as, as Red pointed out and alluded to. He, he wasn't tracking back like Sancho. Look, we're not seeing the Sancho that we saw at Dortmund. I got lambasted for that one as well. Uh, saying, you know, what we're doing now for. I got lambasted for that. And, I, you know, I thought we were going to see something from Sancho this year, better last season than this year. We just aren't seeing anything from the players that are coming in, such as Varane, you know. I got lambasted for that one as well. But, you know, we're not seeing any anything from these players. So he gets a three, Rashford, but that's a generous three. Yeah, good points well made. Um I'm so sorry, guys. I can only apologise again and hopefully, well, we can write the next game off, but maybe the game after that, um, we might have some positivity. Um, Just to give uh, our viewers a bit more, I just want to say thanks again for everyone tuning in. It's been great to have you here. Uh, Loads of viewers today, which is always, always good. Uh, Just under bad bad circumstances, but it is what it is. Uh, We've... um, just uh, created a new show, actually. It'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks with um, an ex-United goalkeeper, Luke Steele, who, uh, Phil, you'll be uh, obviously know relatively well, which is an obviously yep. a, a wonderful coup. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to having him on. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, Wayne will be doing as usual with Paul Parker, I believe, next week, which is also another great show. So please uh, get involved. Um, another massive, massive show. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I've got absolutely nothing to add um, to this. It's been um, a really, really bad day again and uh, disappointing. And, and, you know, us as fans and you guys, it's it's never fun. And uh, and I just want some positivity to talk about so you can only uh, hope for the next few weeks. But as I said, thanks to all you boys coming in. Uh, great analysis, really, really good stuff. And um, and always a pleasure. So thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we've got a few shows to say, so keep your eyes peeled for those. And uh, we will see you next time. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.